Nau mai, haere mai. Ko te tuatahi ki te whare e tūnei, tēnā koe. He mihi nui ki ngā mana whenua o te rohe nei, ko ngai tu āhuriri. Ki a koutou, e te whānau, ko hui hui mai nei i tēnei rā, tēnā koutou. E rereanga ngā mihi ki ngā kaikōrero, ngā kaitohi, whakahirahira o te kaupapa nei. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Eki Manawatu. <laughs> Author of Oweh, best-selling novel and winner of the best first book fiction category and this year's Jan Medlicott Acorn Prize for Fiction at the Ockham New Zealand Awards. Becky was also recently named the, the 2021 recipient of the Robert Burns Fellowship at the University of Otago. He wahine atamai, he wahine toa, he wahine maia ia. He mihi tēnei ki e te tuakana. I'm Emma Espiner, and it's my privilege to be here with you today, and with Becky, one of the shining stars in our literary firmament. We'll take questions at the end. Oware is on sale at the UBS bookstand, and Becky will be available to sign books and chat afterwards. And can I just say what a pleasure it is to be here, to be with people (laughs) post-COVID, and to be in this space. This is one of my favourite venues in the whole of the festival uh, circuit in New Zealand, so thank you for having us, and thank you for coming. I wanted to start with your rapid um, induction into the literary community, and I just wanted to read you something that Philip Matthews wrote um, in his profile of you for stuff, because I think it really um, captures what we're about when we come to these festivals. He said, there's a strong sense that Manawatu has been inducted into the New Zealand literary scene, such as it is. You pass through the gate and what's inside, a handful of festivals, (laughs) an annual prize-giving night, a bunch of writers who all know each other. And when you do get inside the scene, you realise that all that really matters is the writing. That's where the writers want to be, back inside their own heads. What's it been like? All these people are here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Kia ora. Nya mihi for the beautiful introduction, Emma. So nice to meet you. (laughs) And it is nice to be with people today. So... um, Mm. uh, So I think, uh, yeah, it was a very rapid introduction Mm. because I hadn't actually really had anything published before Aware was published. It was, um, I'd I'd sent out things and and not much. um, It'd come back. It'd come back. (laughs) Um, And it was a lot of work then for my publisher when we we Mm. finally, um, when I finally had that opportunity. And since, um, yeah, it is very much... um, I have, I have, uh, writers are usually a bit of intro, they're introverts and and not so much extroverts, but I've learned that I can sometimes feel a bit comfortable with that (laughs) extrovert side of me. I'm a Gemini, so, (laughs) um, last night I I spoke as well and, um, felt happy and good, but uh, mostly I think, yeah, you you do want to go back to um, just being alone and doing the mm. mahi that um, that uh, you, that really um, excites you and makes you uh, feel alive because that's what writing really does for me. And also, I mean, I, I write because I don't feel very articulate when I speak, actually. And sometimes I 
I ramble, which I may do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's uh, why I like to write, because it, it moves with the pace of my thoughts. Mm. And um, I even still, I can hardly touch type. So that means that my movement of typing <laughs> is even more suited to the... <laughs> To the speed of my Matches thought process. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And you said in that same interview that there were moments where you wanted to just be alone with your book again mm. after it had gone out into the world. Yeah. So what was that like once it, once it came out? How did that feel? Um, it was excruciating, actually. Mm. Yeah, because I'd, um, I'd been so excited about that part because as a writer you kind of think the ultimate goal might be publication um, and really just uh, the ultimate goal is there's no goal you're just actually <laughs> writing is and so once you've once I had something finished and then I wasn't finished but to the world it is, mm. you know, not the world, because... <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, the world. I'll bring myself yep. back down. <laughs> not the world. <laughs> but um, it, is, it, is, it is done, but in my mind it could still, I could still be alone with it and I could still be, um, be writing it. Mm. But the good thing is, is that it's given me um, an opportunity to learn from from that place, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Why did you write this story? Um, I wrote this story because I, I had some mamai in me and I think I, I wrote it because I wanted to connect with... Uh, with people that I had lost connection with. And, I mean, I, I did read something recently, a blog where someone talked about therapy, not writers who use their writing as therapy. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it doesn't necessarily mean it should be published. And I think I was, I was using writing as a form of, of therapy, that mm. doesn't mean that it should then go out into the world. But um, story is really, and and I had a conversation with a friend today about poetry and fiction, and how um, you know a novel is you're you're trying to create a narrative, and that means you kind of you use plot and you you're um, you're trying to. To, to move the narrative forward all the time and um, and how that can soothe writers mm. when they're trying to clean up the mess that they that life is yeah. and that's why poetry sometimes feels more true to life because it can remain a bit of a mess whereas a novel you you try and clean it up and make it mm. a yeah to try and understand the world I guess but and yeah. that was that lovely quote, I think, someone had written to you or, you know, that um, the story is one person in pain telling another mm. person in pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I thought of um, many people, many, at, at different points of the writing process, I thought of different people I was writing my pain to theirs 
and um, that included my my husband. That includes my um, sisters mm. and um, and and my cousin who I lost at a at a mm. young age. So yeah, there's um, yeah. I think mm. that's the that's the reason we write, and then you try and find light in while you're writing as well. Mm. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about this in Christchurch, which mm. is where he was, right? Yeah. 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 So what's that been like, being here? Um, it, I, I don't think of... I don't always think of Glenbo and Christchurch as... Um, I, when I go past our, our home where we lived um, in Birchfield... Um, which is close to Waimangaroa, that's more where I, mm. where I think of him. Um, there's, well, there was only one time I saw him here in Christchurch, and that was when we came to pick him up for a holiday before um, when he was living with his mum then. Mm. And so I, I think his, his memory remains a lot to me in that place in near Waimangaroa and our time that we had in Birchfield now. Mm. So it doesn't make me feel um, mm. any more sad. Yeah. Mm. And has it been healing for you, working through that and putting it in the book and putting it out there? It, it, it has been healing, but it also it brings up other things, and that means that then I have to work again. <laughs> so that's good, maybe. <laughs> I hope. Mm, yeah. um, so there's the next. Um, yeah, I think, and I had spoke to Witi Ihemaira last night, and he said the same, that um, one, one book means that you really need, feel like you need to write the next book to, to inform, um, to maybe fix what you've not done right, or mm. um, to uh, to continue the conversation. Because, I mean, for me now, Owe is um, a beautiful part of my life, but I'm now trying to write something new, and I feel so moved on from some mm. of the things that I've um, written about in mm. there, which, is, which means... Um, we're forcing you to continue talking about it yeah. endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, we've you know we've talked um, you know before today um, about some of the criticisms um, that you've received as well, and um, some of which I think you know was personally think was really unfair. I mean, the the idea that um, that you shouldn't have written a violent story, mm. you know, um, what was it like to receive that kind of feedback when you've got this lived experience mm. to draw on? Well, I think that I received it. I I received it with the expectation I might receive it. Mm. So that it might have been more painful had I not expected to have that criticism. Um, and I felt, um, I felt pretty sad about it. And I, though I have this lived experience, I think I use every, I'm going to make a, a small confession here, because I can't help myself. <laughs> um, I, it made me realise that in some ways I, I cloaked my own mamai as a, a 
as a Māori wahi, a white Māori wahine with um, brown Māori wahine, um, their experiences. I don't, mm. I don't know whether I, I didn't see always the separate, not the separation there, but perhaps it made me think about things and it did hurt and I will work to write mm. again. <laughs> and I'm going to, um, and I'm going to have lots of opportunities to learn mm. next year, so I think that's going to be really good for my writing. Yeah. I mean, you are incredibly hard on yourself. Um, <laughs> I think it was your essay for the new year for the spin-off and, um, you know, that you've said, imagine you've spent years doing your very best to produce something you want to be beautiful and whole and realising you're barely tying up your laces to begin your journey. I mean, you, you know, you're exceptional <laughs> and you can give yourself some credit for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I think actually this is one of the, you know, why people are so engaged with you as, as you've, you've entered this world is because, um, you know, your beautiful humility and, um, and, and you're unusual. I mean, you, um, you, you haven't gone to the flash writing courses. You, you just sat down and wrote a story, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about that. <laughs> where, where were you when you started writing over? I was in Germany. So my husband was, had a contract um, as a rugby coach there. And um, we, we, um, yeah, we were, I was, I think part of my desire to write the story was because I was far from Aotearoa mm. and I missed home and I felt isolated a lot. So that's why there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of theme of isolation in the mm. um, book. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I started writing because I had this desire to write and I've always had this desire to, to write something big and I thought, well, I've got, you know, I'm not going out with, you know, my mates at the weekends much at the moment because, I mean, I had friends. I wasn't a loser or anything, but <laughs> nothing... That, that was a bad choice of words, but, you know... <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but it, I was... I didn't have many distractions, and I had a and I had a and I had a really um, deep homesickness. Um, I missed missed my family, and I think that just drove me to to just write. Um, and I was about about eight months before we came home. I was working at I was working at a kindergarten at the time, um, and. About eight months before we came home, I, my um, husband supported that I would just finish my job mm -hmm. and I would just do that because we had our rent paid for us, basically. Mm -hmm. So it meant it was probably one of the only times in our lives where we could say I could not work and we wouldn't, you know, not make rent. Mm -hmm. So it was a cool experience and we, we thought, well, just give it a give. And did that. <laughs> Kia ora, Tim. Thank you for Kia ora, that. <laughs> um, and was it good straight away? The, the as book. In the book. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was really, it was, I felt like it was, I felt like it was good then because I think that's what a writer, a writer can feel like they know they're doing something that's special or, um, 
or they feel like they're doing something that's special to them mm. and don't don't see as much of the, um, the the work that needs to be done because they're working on the bones of the story and they know that... that the bones are good. The, the bones mm. are good, yeah. And so it was just... Now if I read um, a version of the, the first draft, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> did, you, did you quit your job for that? <laughs> <laughs> but... but um, it was just, and that was the beautiful part of editing it with Mary mm. and um, that opportunity to put more flesh on it mm. and and, um, and it, I was learning as I went. So it's, it's almost a, it is special to me because I can see my journey within the mm. book. Mm. And... Um, what, there, there might be people here who would be interested in getting published and would you know, not know about that journey of the relationship with a publisher. And it sounds like your relationship with Mary was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to read you again some of your words. This is, this is very funny. Well, this, these are Mary's words anyway. But um, she describes you. You'd sent her a couple of chapters, I think. Sent the first three chapters. And Mary's telling this to Steve Brawnius at Newsroom. She said, um, Becca emailed again on November the 8th, 2016 and sent the first three chapters. It took until New Year's 2017, and at this point I thought, God, you must have been just waiting, Mm, tense, Um, for me to read them. On January 4, I emailed her, I think you have talent as a writer and the audacity of a novelist. I asked for the whole manuscript, a hard copy, if possible. Two weeks later, she turned up to our office with a printed manuscript clutched to her chest. She was slender and in her 30s, with a Rachel Hunter toss to her tumble of blonde hair. (laughs) She looked tired and a bit weary and had a wild look in her eye that I took to be determination. She told me later that she had a hangover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you drove that from somewhere ridiculous to get it. You, you felt it was important to deliver, deliver it by hand, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. I um, already knew that I, my work didn't appear to be very, like, there would be mistakes there. And they, you know... And I wanted, um, so we were going up there anyway to Wellington from Westport where we live. And so I just thought when she said she would like a hard copy, is Mary here? She's somewhere here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when she said she would like a hard copy, I thought, well, I have this chance that I'm going to Wellington and I, I wanted her to see me as a human, you know, not just an email. <laughs> But like a human, and we could make eye contact. Kanohi, kite, kanohi. Very Māori. Mm. Yeah. And then I felt like um, I felt like it would just, uh, yeah, it, it mm. did, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know if we'd be here if I hadn't done that. Mm. <laughs> and she looked after you, right? Because yeah. it was, you know, from what I've read, it was quite a um, intense process mm. getting the book to you know, the one yeah. that we've read. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Lots more draft, uh, no, lots more editing than a mm. norm, uh, uh, normal. That's not a good word either. We don't... Um. Loser, normal. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't being recorded, though, it? It's going out on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> killed it. <laughs> um, then a... It had more drafts, than, uh, yeah. more edit rounds than usual. Yeah. 
I, um, my session tomorrow is with um, Dr. Eileen Merriman, and I felt a bit sick when I read that she takes three months on average to write a book. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not how you roll. No. No, no mine was <laughs> six years with, um, yeah, with, yeah, with some time out, and with that editing, I think that took, mm. that took a long time too. Yeah. And have you had writing mentors? I've had... Um, Tina Makariti was one of my mm -hmm. mentors. So initially, she, I was still living in Germany when um, I finished the manuscript and then I um, posted it to NZS, the New Zealand Society of Authors. They have a um, manuscript... Um, uh, uh, what's the word where you... Review? <laughs> assessment. Oh, yeah. Assessment. So um, I sent it to them, and I, I won one of thirteen that you mm -hmm. can get for the year, which they do, by the way. If there's any writers um, uh, looking for help, so they give out thirteen. Usually, it's mm -hmm. thirteen assessments per year, and I was given Tina Makariti as my yeah. So that was really special, and when I still have the hard copy mm. of the um, manuscript she sent back with notes scribbled in the margins um, help on just, and I have to say this because, you know, she only helped me on the, f on the first draft so that means that, you know any she could only help me with my mistakes that I initially made then, you know <laughs> <laughs> so, and she, she um, and she was great and then I had um, Renee gave, um Renee's here too. Hi, Renee. <laughs> Renee um, gave an assessment too when mm. Mary asked her to read the, um, the I don't know what draft that might have been. <laughs> there were actually quite a few drafts. <laughs> um, and Renee gave an assessment which I was able to use some mm. of her help too. Um, and then I also had a year at Nelson Marlborough Technology uh, Institute of Technology um, and so had some mentorship through with my peers mm. there, yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's, thank you for being honest about that because I think it's good for people to understand how much work goes into them sometimes, mm. you know. Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of magic, but mostly... Yeah. Just really hard work. <laughs> Just really hard work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm interested, what's Renee like as an editor or as a... <laughs> <laughs> She's... Terrific, she Yeah. <laughs> She doesn't muck around, though, eh? She does. Yeah. And Renee is more about... I mean, I do know that you gave a little assessment of my speech that I was going to give on last night, that it was stop being so self-apologetic. Mm. <laughs> that sounds Renee, like her. Yeah, Renee is... Um, I think she's more about just allowing people to say what they, you know, need to or want to at that, you know, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, she's good like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I was thinking about, and you talk about, you know, wanting to, to deal with stuff that's been personal for your family. Um, a, a lot of writers wrestle with that tension between, um, you know, the art and then also the consequences for the people that you love mm. and the potential to cause more harm. Yeah. And I'm thinking specifically here about the essay that you wrote about your sister mm. who had married into the Mungle mob. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, what that was like for you, and it was kind of a plea yeah. to get her back in your life. Yeah. But how do you decide that it's worth putting these stories out and to risk that fallout? Um, I don't think that I did it with 
entirely wonderful judgment, to be honest. Um, as it turns out, she's, she, it has increased our, um, our, our, I think she even felt surprised that I missed and loved her so much, mm. and I don't necessarily know that I needed to do that through an essay. Mm. So, um, I think it was more about me making sure I had an explanation to uh, people as to why I I chose to write about what I chose to write about. Mm. Um, and now I would not write the same essay. I would not write that. Mm. Because um, I feel like I've learned that I don't need to be giving... Um, I like essay writing. In fact, I think I'm more... Um, your essay writing is is amazing because you're not... You don't centre yourself. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to... <laughs> well, you're not... You, you are, I mean, you are hardly mm-hmm. often in your essays, but they're still engaging, which is very difficult to do. Um, and I've always struggled to do that and I've centred myself in a lot of my essays and um, I, I don't... I f- now feel like I don't need to give that... Mm. Um, I feel like I've given up something in doing some of that. Yeah. And fortunately, my sister still loves me. Yeah. I'm very lovable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because I've gone back over everything that you've ever published and thought that I would just quote it all back to you endlessly until you get sick of it and walk out. But um, in 2018, you said that you were only going to read New Zealand authors um, or set out to. Um, and what, what did you find when you went looking? Um, it was actually... I was in the Bullard District Library. So I found some... One of the um, amazing books I read during that time was Sarah Vaughan is Not My Mother. Um, that is written by um, Mary Thompson. Mm-hmm. And it was about her struggle with... Um, with... with uh, she was in a psychiatric ward and it was a very difficult time for her, but it was really well written. That's the most memorable, um, one of the most memorable books I read during that time. I actually didn't get through as many books mm. as I would have liked to, but... Um, Did you I, just look for what was at the Bullard District Library? I was doing <laughs> it as part of a reading challenge that mm. the Bullard District Library was hosting. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read... Um, I didn't find as many Māori stories as I would like Mm. to have found. Um, And that was... But that is something I I sort of uh, tried to write about in my novel, Mm. the lack of... And um, the lack of uh, Māori stories being published. Um, Although that's not to say that there's not plenty there because there are, mm. um, but not enough. Mm. Yeah. So um, I also read Witi Ihimaira over that time. I read The Luminaries. Mm-hmm. That was quite a challenge. Yeah. Mm. So it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed it. But I, um, 
There must be heaps of copies of that on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a few. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I found that we we have an amazing literary scene in New Zealand, and there's lots of talent there mm. that I didn't necessarily. We weren't. It wasn't something that you necessarily knew about in, like, for example, high school, yeah. given Pride and Prejudice and other um, other novels to read, mm. and I, I think that's a bit of a, a shame. Well, mm. the, one of the really cool things that I've noticed post or mid-COVID or whatever, we're, you know, we're still in COVID, but um, is that the focus now is on local authors. Mm. And so to have a festival like this, which is, you know, because usually the big ticket items are the international stars. Yeah. Um, but this is us celebrating ourselves, which mm. is really cool. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have always identified strongly as a Māori writer, which is significant for us. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There was no question about that for you, right? No. Mm. Um, that was, I only have ever wanted to write from that space um, and that is because I, I, I identified Māori as from a young girl, mostly because of my sisters actually, more so than, um, that it, than it being around my, within my family. My sisters were, you know, you, you are Māori. Mm. And I even recall one argument I had with a teacher at school because my maiden name is Wixen. Um, I get my the lovely Manawatu from my my in-laws, which are up there too. <laughs> um, um, so Wixen, I went to to school one day, and my teacher said, "Oh, it's an interesting name. Is it? What? Where's that from?" And I said, "Oh, it's a Māori name." <laughs> and she was like, "I don't think it is, darling." <laughs> and I said, "Well, it is because I'm Māori." <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it was. It, I, I. These are little moments that I recall. These moments where my identity was was questioned, and mm. in, in a moment like that, it's a similar story that which I share in um, uh, the story about my sisters mm. um, being married to a Mungo mob member. Is that I. Uh, that when we were young, I didn't realise that she was my half-sister. Um, they, sorry, I have two older sisters. And I was told by a girl at school that um, they weren't my real sisters. Mm. And it was quite... And these moments where you're forced to, from a young age, to look at your identity and mm. stuff, they, they've... They have stuck with me, so including that argument with my mm. small argument, because I wasn't very argumentative, actually. I wasn't. <laughs> I just said it's Māori, it's definitely mm. is. And I didn't know that there was no X in the Māori yeah. language. It's <laughs> 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 because we weren't being taught Māori, though, mm. so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I hear that in your amazing speech last night, you talked a bit about education yes. as well. Yeah. You know, and so all of those little things that add up over a lifetime... Yeah. And shape yeah. your identity. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the only people that say identity politics is rubbish are the ones whose identities aren't political, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing, you've, you, in that essay you talked about how this was questioned at school, but never in Te Māori. Mm. You were just the sister. Yes. And that was yeah. fine. Yeah. 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 And it was, um, 
yeah, it was um, definitely when I was with my sister's friends who were Māori or, you know, like, I just felt like it was more just, yeah, you're your sister. Yeah. We don't need to really discuss why yeah. or, or yeah. the... And I found it was a little bit more of a... a, a, need, a Pākehā whakaro to, to discuss why or how is mm, that... And quantify. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, tell us about your tamoko. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit new. I wanted to pretend that I've had it forever, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, my son and I, we got our tamoko together recently. Mm. Um, I've long wanted tamoko, and I wrote to the... Um, but, you know, it's an expensive thing to get. So, um... Unless your uncle does it. <laughs> <laughs> then, it yep. then it's not so Next much. Time, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so, Rosie Edwards did this tamoko for, for me and my son at the same time. And um, I had talked to her about moko kauai and I just said, I just said, oh, I just, you know, I know I'm not doing that this Time, but I just want to to talk to you about moko kawai because it's on my mind and I've gone into the bathroom, I've drawn it on my chin with mascara and... Recent, um, <laughs> recently? Kind of recently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so when, uh, my, um, when my son and I arrived and she, she drew my tamoko on. Mm. We had a discussion first. We spent a long time with her first. And then um, she said, do you want to see what I've drawn? And I said, no, I trust you. And mm. she did it. And then she said, this is, I've put your moko kawai here. <laughs> and I did cry when yeah. I saw it because she said, um, I, okay, you're not ready for it now, but I just want you to have this here so you know you are enough and you don't need to, Keep explaining yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. And the um, the smaller lines are either a sp they represent either sporting achievement or new challenges. And I think it's new challenges. <laughs> <laughs> and, <it. laughs> and she did also put um, the. Mark, markings of Manu there, mm. so and she said, "This is me as a writer leaving my mark in the world." So mm. she was a very beautiful Kilda. person to mm. spend the day with. Yeah, because mm. mm. birds are a thing for you, eh? Yep. Yeah. Mm. What's that about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it. I just they are kaitiaki mm. and they are. They represent, and I don't know if this is a Māori whakaro or mm. not, but for me they just represent freedom. Mm. And so, um, and that freedom to express yourself is what I feel when I write. I feel perhaps too free when I write, but... <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the thing, is that um, writing... It, it feels like a real freedom. Mm. Yeah. And so that's why I think birds it's are a thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you want to achieve with the fellowship next year? So you've said that you want to learn some things. Yeah. <laughs> Got anything in particular? Or? Well, I have 
found that there is a Te Reo Māori course there, so that's important. Um, so um, learning uh, Māori will be mm-hmm. up there on my... And I think it's a little bit strange that I would go way down to Otago mm. to do that, but that's also about time. And so I will have this time that I can dedicate to mm. um, learning and... Um, and there are other courses in with um, which are about Te Ao Māori there. My my marae is also close to closer to um, to Dunedin than I than Waimangaroa is. <laughs> so um, I'll hopefully connect with um, make more connection there. Cool. And also um, Tim's uncle is working down there, and he is very. Um, He's quite uh, knowledgeable in Te Ao Māori, so I can spend, hopefully, some time with him. Wow, yeah. you'll be changed in a yeah. year's time. <laughs> so, and also time on the university will be... I was going to say, because that doesn't sound yeah. like the purpose <laughs> I of the fellowship. <laughs> I kind of moved myself off the campus quite a bit, but I think I haven't looked at all the opportunities. I just feel mm. like I'm, I'm definitely going to be able to, to yeah. have some. Yeah. And are you going to keep writing for your current, for the news? No. No. No, no. I won't be then. No. Um, I have finished working yeah. there um, and it's been awesome and it's done a lot for my um, basic craft of mm. of writing, but um, it's um, probably not necessarily going to um, bring me f- forward with wisdom, you know. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know what I mean about that. <laughs> I have to say, I loved what your editor said, and he was like, I was so pleased when he, you know, when he got the first copy of OE, and he was, I was so pleased that I didn't have to pretend to like it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, she, she doesn't do um, praise unless it's... Yeah, yeah. justify. I got that yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 She's very... <laughs> Yeah, I get slapped sometimes at work. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Don't probably encourage that, really. <laughs> no, it's really just a bit of a joke that we have between ourselves. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, you know, this obviously this, this novel, you write essays, and then you had to go out writing poetry recently, and that was amazing. So, you know, where are you at trying all these genres, and you, can you leave some to the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I... Um, I, I actually even like script writing. I oh, gave that sake. a little go. <laughs> it was fun. I don't know. I don't think I'm a poet at all, but this was just something that I I wrote while I was... Um, it was lunch break, and I was at my office, and I'd... I mean, not over one lunch break. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So, <laughs> so the original poem was like, one lunch break and then I'd go back the next lunch break. Sometimes, maybe, there was a few times where I was supposed to be working and I had a little revisit, just as a pause. Yeah. But, I can um, see now the tension with your editor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did enjoy writing that. It gave... Um, it's on the spin-off, if anyone's interested. Yeah. Mm. I don't even know if it's a poem, but if Chris yeah. published it, then... Yeah, he knows his stuff, eh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And you said, you know, after, you know, this wise counsel from Witty, which we should always take on board yeah. because it's Witty, yeah. um, about the next 
project. So mm. are you already there or what are you working on now? I have already started um, the next um, book. So that's, um, it is going to be a bit of a loose sequel to OE mm -hmm. um, because I miss some of the characters. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I want to, I just want to expand on, I think, like I said, like when you when I when it's written and it's done and it's published and there's nothing you, more you can do with it, I just want to go back and do something more with it. Mm. So um, it won't necessarily have all of those. It won't definitely have those all of those characters in it. It's more I'm I'm looking at one or two that I feel like I want to do a little bit more by, and um, and some. Are you figuring out what you're I'm allowed to say? Renee. <laughs> <laughs> um, some, perhaps, just bringing back of some balance, yeah. And I and when I spoke to Witty last night, I also he talked about um, how each book can be so different. And you know, I've come out pretty, pretty um, hard with that one, mm -hmm. and that. Perhaps my be next book is, uh, I don't know if soft is the right word, but it will, it'll, it will speak to the, to the same book. But mm -hmm. perhaps, perhaps. Kia ora. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to questions soon, so get them ready if you have them. Remember, a question has a question mark at the end of it. Um. <laughs> Look, I'm from Auckland. You have to give them that advice in Auckland. <laughs> Um, I do really like, you know, I mean, I have said that you're extremely hard on yourself, but you also strike me as a real hustler, okay, because you do these things and you say, oh, I just did this and I drove across town and I delivered the thing. Where's that grit come from? I think that's the Gemini side, mm. yeah. So I am, I am both. And I'm, you know, yeah, I do, I, I'm always, and we all actually kind of are, but... Um, all Geminis? No. No, <laughs> no but... Um, we're, we're light and dark, we're hustlers and we're sweet and mm. we're trying to use them, use these qualities of being human in the best way we can and keep them a bit in balance. But, mm. yeah, I, I, I definitely, um, uh, I know that there are two, two mm. sides to, to my personality, sort of, in a way. You just weaponise them as the mood takes you, you know, <laughs> if it's appropriate for the time. <laughs> I try not to, but... Yeah. yeah. And all of the stuff, the prizes, the people turning up to hear you, I mean, what does this enable you to do? Um, well, ref I suppose reflect and, um, I, yeah, and also I, I was given... I, I got money, mm. so... That means that I life is a little bit easier, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it gives me confidence as well, and it also means that when I write my next book, I maybe don't. Um, immediately, probably, I don't have to come to your office with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some definitely. It's paved. Mm. an easier pathway for me and I just wish there would be um, more easy mm. path, 
pathways for more of our Māori writers. Mm, yeah. What sorts of things were practically helpful for you when you were in that process of writing, just thinking about the sorts of things that we can advocate for? Practically helpful. Mm. Um, so having uh, Tina's mm. assessment, that was huge. Um, uh, having a publisher that would mm. work with me through... Is that normal, that relationship with a publisher? I don't know. No. I Is have no idea. Yeah. I, I think... Um, because I, I have know. been thinking about whether it's the nature of a smaller publisher that's... I feel like it probably yeah. is. Not yeah. to disparage any of the bigger publishers. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think because um, Makaro only puts out two or one novel a year, um, one, mm. that there is more attention given to that single piece mm. of work. Um, and... And I think, so we're, though we're talking about what practically helped me, what practically would help others is if we had um, more uh, um, readers with Māori matauranga in positions that they were reading these manuscripts that come mm -hmm. in. Um, the thing is about my novel is that I think because it is actually, it's a, it is a Māori novel, but it's very much about Māori in a te ao Pākehā world mm -hmm. and so that means that um, a te ao Pākehā I used the word world twice, sorry I don't um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means it was accessible to a Pākehā reader and I think that's very true of the novel and I think that is part of its um, popularity mm. Um, and that uh, I would wish that there would be more readers who could see the Māori matauranga in another writer's work and they would be able to say, this is, you know, mm. this is something I have accessed and it is mm. something that should be published. I think what, you know, those, those of us that write in, in English and write about stuff with, from a position of um, respect... It's a bridge, though, isn't it? Because mm. I think people can access your writing as a Māori writer and then you're like a gateway drug <laughs> to all these other incredible writers. You know, so that's really positive. A gateway drug? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we got... Just signal if we've got any questions, otherwise we'll just keep going. Have we got any? Kirsty, I know you're there. Yep. I'm sure you've got a question. <laughs> I did want to ask you about what it was like being a rugby wife. Oh, it's mostly <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. It's had its, had its moments where yeah. it's less fun. What were the wags like? Um. <laughs> they're not here. Oh, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're mostly pretty. <laughs> um. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Tell me the truth about them. No. <laughs> they can be. They can be cool. Yeah. 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 I did spend quite a few weekends writing. Interesting. Than... Yeah. Hold <laughs> <Well> on. <laughs> Free between yeah. lines. Yeah. Fine. But I do have some good friends that I've met yeah. through rugby too. Yeah. Any questions for Becky? 
I'm just going to call on you, kiss you. Are you over here? <laughs> Don't sit in my eyeline. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mary. I just wanted to know, um, are you, were you educated on the West Coast all the way through high school? And if so, how do you think your, you know, West Coast upbringing has impacted on the way you view the world and your writing? Thank you, kia ora. Um, yes, I was, uh, I went to Waimangaroa Primary School and then um, Buller High School. And I think that um, being on the West Coast, it's, yeah, you're, you're surrounded by sort of wild nature and you, I spent a lot of time outside and I went fishing with my dad and um, I think that is that connection to to Fenua and um, and the sea is has shaped a lot of um, how I am now. Maybe in my writing and um, and <clears throat> yeah, I uh, yeah, I think that sort of. Yeah, I, some of that grit too. Probably, that, maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether West Coasters are that apologetic. <laughs> I haven't come across that many apologetic coasters, <laughs> but oh, do you? Did you? <laughs> Oh, kia ora. <laughs> How did you find it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do, yeah. Yeah, but it's not a bad place. I mean, we went back there, so it can't be that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there was another one up there. Further up there, was there another question further up? Oh, it was the same question. <laughs> oh, wow. Then I feel like I should have done better with the answer. <laughs> no, that was great. It was the West Coast loyalty, actually, that, because um, when that review on RNZ came out, my mum, so my whakapapa is West Coast as well, mm. um, she rang me up and she said, I'm going to write a letter of complaint to RNZ. She's like, they can't say that about Becky. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't, you know. My sister also called them. Oh, actually called. Yes. <laughs> She did call them. She was really grouchy. I, what did she say? I can't repeat it here. Oh. <laughs> I think, I mean, the reviewer had criticised the South Islandness, which is like mm. the absolute worst thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I think she had some legitimate stuff there. Of course you do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took it on. I'm, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was, Yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah. And also I've been told by Mary as well. Oops, as I toss my handbag at you. <laughs> um, it's kind of leading on from that part, I guess. I just wondered about the locations you chose for the mm. book 
as I read it, I wondered if they had um, special significance for you um, and why you chose that piece of the country um, to set the story in. Kia ora. Kia ora. Um, so I think my, so I know my locations were based on um, being with my uh, whanau and kaikoura. Then that I had my sister in Tikawiri. Um, and I think I've since learned, and also, I mean, Renee, you use um, places that are um, made up so that you're not going on to other um, iwi whenua and using your fiction in places that you shouldn't. So um, here is an opportunity for me to say that um, my desire to have something based in Kaikoura because I'd been there meant that I also used other real places and um, I would think about that before I did it again. But mm. basically it was from, uh, from personal stuff and this is another reason why I think when I read the, uh, the blog about using writing as therapy... And then you go and you have your own mess on the page. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that will be something that, that, that's something I've thought about and it's something that I will be thinking about in the future. Mm. Kia ora. Vastly superior audience questions to all one. Are they? They have question marks. They've got questions. Yeah. <laughs> we've probably got time for one more if um, we've got one. Have you got a, a microphone down here? This is not a very profound question, but how do you actually go about writing? Do you sit down in the morning with your thingy and get to work, or, how, or do you wait till you're moved to write? I, I think, yeah, you. I just sit down when I can and see how I go, and basically, you... If I would wait until I was moved, I probably wouldn't even try because I think it always happens while you're writing. You know, like you write a whole heap of crap and then finally you're moved. So <laughs> you kind of <laughs> you kind of have to sit there so that the movement will come to you rather than the other way around. <laughs> so um, it does take a little bit of discipline because... Um, because you probably, yeah, you, yeah, I, I, if I were, yeah, I just hope for the for, for the best once I start, and normally it takes a little while for that best to start coming. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Great question to end on. I mm. just I wanted to thank you on behalf of everybody here um, for bringing your authentic self to this quarter and to everything that you do. We really love you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>